The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy Saturday. Same to you. Oh, you beat me too at that time. <laughs> Good was, job. I was going to see if I could try and do it with you in concert there you, you go know? but yeah. uh but you stopped just uh waiting for your witty response well, that yeah. was my witty response because <laughs> <That was> <laughs> right. well, usually you jump in there with it now I so know. i was gonna jump in there with in you there quick as i can because we're on every saturday yes from two to three o'clock and sundays from three to four o'clock mm-hmm. and on podcast all the time everywhere stitcher spotify buzzsprout itunes yes you name it, we're on it, and in fact, now also on YouTube. Oh, there you go. We don't yeah. have all the we don't have all of them up there, but we're mm-hmm. uh, from basically the last few months forward. We're adding them in, and uh, yeah. Well, and you and I have talked, and we are going to start uh, podcasting the show, you know, live as we as we do it, which is a lot of fun. Yes, that'll be interesting. Yes, just have to work out the logistics in this very goofy looking uh, radio studio we've got. <laughs> so with, with the because well, you're tired of the sneeze the, guard, uh, the sneeze guard, you know the plexiglass you know, sneeze so guards and all that. I I almost laughed. I I shouldn't laugh because you saw that like Sizzler has like filed for bankruptcy or something like that, and they're like closing. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, yeah. and so yeah. I'm just like, well, there's a whole bunch of sneeze guards available. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you know, I was. I mean, that sounds terrible. I was thinking about them the other day and how much I, I don't ever I, think about them. Well, <laughs> No, I, because you're under the age of 75, which is, you know, the average age of the <laughs> clients at the Sizzler. But, uh, no, I, I miss a salad bar every now and then. Yes. Salad yeah, well, that's my parents would all the take different us options. I love there. the salad bar. I know, but salad bars are not a good place. That's a super spreader event right there. I, I know. I know. You just can't. And, and you know what, honestly? You just can't do it. It, it always has been. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. All, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Can, no, they've shown plenty of studies where, like, you know, ugh. Mm. You, mm-hmm. you, yeah, yeah. Even yeah, though yeah. you know, and I'm like you though, because I like to eat, so I do like a good buffet because I want to try a little bit of everything. Yeah. So you know, like Thanksgiving, pile it on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, when I was a kid, I used to be one of those people who wanted the um, everything separated on my plate, mm-hmm. and it grossed me out to watch like the peas touch the mashed potatoes and the gravy and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. But and I'd look at my uncles who everything was just just jammed on there like one massive like pile out, huh? and i was totally grossed out and now as an adult i do the exact same thing oh, yeah. no, my, my kids were like that too the food separatists you know yeah. you had the little dish with the different dividers oh, yeah. yeah until one day i flipped the lights off and we ate in the dark and everything was all mixed together you did not did too and problem solved after that they're like were oh, they a huge mess no, it was fine. It was fun. Okay. Yeah, but the they, they, then they couldn't mess? see that the food was touching each other. You know, uh, so it worked out. Okay. Well, you know what? Today's show is going to be talking about messes. Oh, speaking speaking of, I have a, I have a gift for you. <gasps> you do? Yeah. Um, it's it's from one of my is favorite it one places I'm in the whole world. Yes, you are here. Open it. Is this a Dick's Burger mask? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did not. Oh my gosh. You See, did. Yeah. You did. 
Yeah, here that you go. That sound is the crinkly cover on a Dick's Burger mask. <laughs> oh, I got the fries on there. God. It's got the deluxes on there. It's got it all. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. What, what, can I, what can I say? I guess I'll say thank you. Um, well. I have so many bad jokes. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm just going to move on. <laughs> See, now I didn't even go that direction, I, but now that you say that. You were yeah. assuming what was going to come out of my head, <laughs> but you're probably right. Oh, well. <laughs> See, well, you can call up all your friends. Hey, guess what I got on my face? Well, I, exactly. Yeah. You, but you know what I actually just ordered the other day? Huh. Cats. What? <laughs> cats. Oh, a thing like with actual cat the, the faces. Cat oh, no. So a mask that looks like a little. Oh, like, no. Well, one of them because I have a Halloween costume that's Catwoman, oh, and so I go. got one like a little nose and whiskers. Whiskers and all But that. then I got one that's the gator style that actually looks like a full cat neck and face. <laughs> so I can't wait to wear it this winter and freak oh. people out. I'm sure there's other people doing it too right now, I'm but sure. I just it's yeah. cute though. I like cats. <laughs> I'm I'm curious if my cat will be like. What in the yeah, world? Your cat is going to disown you. She probably will. Yeah, and yeah. for good reason. I, I just. I'd I, say for good pause. I'm looking but, forward huh. to the day that we don't have to worry about all this stuff. But in the meantime, might as well have a little bit of fun with it. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, you, that's the whole thing is you see people now with their mask and their their personalities are coming up. Mm -hmm. You're seeing a True. lot of very interesting designs. And in fact, actually, a friend of mine offered because, well, here's the thing. So we talk about the Northwest. I can't even talk. Northwest lifestyle mm -hmm. on occasion, right? So I had a really great weekend. Uh, it wasn't even a whole weekend. It was only 24 hours, right? Because I don't, I have to work a lot of times on weekends. But I took a 24-hour period and I went to, uh, I drove around uh, to Squim, oh, of sure. all places. Mm -hmm. Went to the Seven Cedars Casino and had dinner. Met oh, okay. somebody out there nice and had place. dinner. Yeah. Yes, the food was pretty good. And then um, from there, went to Port Townsend, where I stayed overnight. And there's pet-friendly hotels around these places, by the way. Oh, sure. So if you're like me and you got a big fur bomb that comes with you, uh, great to know that there's so many places. Uh, if you're curious where I was staying, I'm not going to just give a bunch of plugs, but if you're curious and want to know the pet-friendly places, email me at info at teamreba.com. I'll send you those. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so I stayed at a hotel over there. Um, got up the next day. There was this one fun coffee shop that I just love the name. I'm going to say it out loud because it's called Better Living Through Coffee. <laughs> and they do fair trade coffee. Mm -hmm. at, but it's right on the water. And it's beautiful. And the coffee is stupendous. Mm -hmm. And like the drip, they actually do it as pour overs. It's so good. Oh, wow. Oh, so delicious. And then was walking up and down the streets, you know, going into the cool little shops. Got myself a new like awesome cast Buddha for my Zen garden. Went to this great Hudson Point Cafe for oh, brunch. I know that one. Yep. Oh, yep. Yep. so Been delicious. In fact, now I'm hungry because I'm thinking about <laughs> it. Then I took the Whidbey Ferry. Oh, okay. And then went to Coopville. Mm -hmm. Walked around over there. Aqua Gifts was another place I, I hung out at. Mm -hmm. Bought a couple things. Um, and because I'm, you know, my Tritons group with my Yacht Club stuff um, is mermaids, merman, you know, that kind of thing. So I was taking pictures and buying stuff that was all these mermaids. So one of my friends offered to make me a mask. Oh, nice. With mermaids on oh. it, right? <laughs> And then um, from Coopville, uh, drove around, went to LaConnor just for mm -hmm. a brief stop, mm -hmm. and then headed home. And, but it was the most relaxing, nice – it felt like a whole weekend, even though it was only 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. It it's was so nice. That's funny you should mention that. My brother and I took my dad over kind of on a similar route. Well, we went up through Deception Pass mm -hmm. and into And people Coopville. were wearing masks all around. Oh, yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. 
we hung out, except we weren't shopping in Coopville. We were hung, hanging out at Toby's, which is a great, uh, great yes. little watering hole, fish and chips place there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We actually uh, went right by it. Um, almost, almost went in, but um, we, we had such a big brunch. I was like, I really, I, I don't think it'd be worth it. <laughs> so full still. But, oh, yeah, and we, and we drove past uh, Bastion Brewing Company just oh, outside sure. of Anacortes, mm-hmm. right, yes. on Highway 20. Because right, right, right. they have, if you have not been to Bastion, also pet friendly yeah. on the brewery side, and they have delicious ciders. Oh. So, yeah, I've met clients up there and hung out and uh, actually I have clients on Whidbey. I've got several clients out on mm-hmm. Whidbey now. So, yeah, it was it was a fun day. It's it's a beautiful island, you know, would be as... In fact, I got these brand new reading glasses oh, while I was you. over there. Yeah. yeah, don't they look stunning? Well, and they match my outfit. They go really good with a Dick's driving mask. Yeah. That was 100% what I was thinking when I bought these, was that, Probably. what am I missing with yeah. my ensemble? The... <laughs> that would do it. Gosh. Okay, so we were talking, though, that in this show today, we were going to talk about the messes that mm-hmm. people find themselves in. That's right. When real estate deals go awry. Let's call them pickles. <laughs> <laughs> to go with a Dick's Burger? Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. I'm going to keep getting hungry, more That's and right. more hungry. That's they don't right. allow food in this studio, and now I'm starving. <laughs> okay, so anyway, um, so as part of, you know, you and I have talked before that as each of our professions, you know, people need to have credit clock hours, right? Mm-hmm. For a lot of what we do. Continuing education. Yes, CE credits. Mm -hmm. And one of my absolute favorite CE credit courses to take every year is called the Battle of the Barristers. Oh, right. And I love it. We talked about that before. Yes. So the Seattle King County Realtors Association um, puts this on. It's a fundraiser for our uh, education funds and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And they usually have, it's moderated by an attorney. There's four other attorneys who come and battle, you know, each time. And what I love is that they actually, um, they bring real life scenarios. It's not just like, hey, what do you think? It's no, what are some court cases that are going on right now? It's it's whatever is really relevant in that year, right? Mm -hmm. And so I I was throwing a few of these at you before we got on air today to see if you thought they were relevant. And you were like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. And this one is interesting because you and I have been talking on some past shows about the eviction moratoriums that have been going on. Right. right? Especially in the city of Seattle. Exactly. And with, you know, because the state has some, the city has some. Mm -hmm. I know they've extended through the end of the year now Mm -hmm. on things like that. Well, here's what's happening is in this very busy real estate market on the purchase side of things, um, this is creeping in. Mm-hmm. And it's not good. And they gave a great example where a buyer and seller actually knew each other, a couple of people that worked in the tech sector, and one of them was having a house built. And so they had this like honor before language around the closing, okay. right? And then if they didn't close by that, then there was um, supposedly at least a meeting of the minds, but not written on paper. Uh, option for extending if needed because the seller was having a house built. Okay. Okay. And you know how those always show up on time, right? Mm -hmm. They Um, are almost always late. Yes, exactly. So when they put the closing date on this transaction, they did it with the most positive date in mind, not the most conservative date, right? So they'd already done one extension and now the buyer is saying, hey, look, we, we need to move in. Because their lease is up where they're at. They need to move on. Mm-hmm. 
And they go pulling up to this house, and lo and behold, seller's not out. Because mm-hmm. they're like, hey, I thought we told you. You know, our house isn't ready yet. We can't go yet. Oh, boy. Yeah. So when we get back after these messages, we're going to talk a little bit about that and some best practices if you're in the situation of offering a seller time post-closing. We'll be right back with Open House with Team Reba after these messages. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And today we're talking about pickles. Actually, <laughs> pickles that people get into. Yes, definitely pickles that they get into. And talking about ways that you can, at least if you're a consumer out there getting involved in real estate transactions right now, how to try and avoid, maybe you don't like pickles. That's right. You know? That's right. Well, the the thing is, the the market is hectic. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, buyers are being pushed into situations where they have to move quickly, maybe even more yes. quickly than they they. And they're know, offering things they might not can. normally offer in a mm-hmm. more stable market. That's right? right. They're waiving contingencies, inspection contingencies. Seen a lot of like it. Yeah. yeah, and and one of the things that people sometimes do to sweeten their offer is to allow a seller, especially if they haven't found a new place yet extra time in the house. Mm -hmm. It's called post-closing possession. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as it relates to the Landlord-Tenant Act, the the issue is that, you know, it's one thing for a real estate agent to be adding in, you know, it's a Form 65B in our world. Um, It's really meant for a very short-term stay for Mm post-closing, right? And what's happening is some people are using that document for periods of up to, you know, maybe two or three months, in some cases. Right. Well, your your typical loan rules will limit you to 60 days on that. But man, exactly. I remember back in the day, every closing was possession three days after closing. Right. And remember actually, that? the contracts for a long time used to say they had two checkboxes. One was possession at closing or plus three. Mm-hmm. And then there was an optional check the box and then write in something. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, right. And the reason why they had that, listeners, was because Oftentimes, if you had a seller moving into another house, they needed to close this transaction, receive their funds, and be able to transfer them to their next purchase, mm-hmm. right? And right. then move out Call at the same time. Yeah. yeah. So um, what's happening right now is some people are saying, hey, I'm going to sweeten my deal. And seller, I'm going to let you stay in the house for you know, two weeks, four weeks, you know, eight mm-hmm. weeks uh, at zero dollars, mm-hmm. right? And that's where part of these problems come in because what happens... If the past seller has something happen in the house you mean and it's tenant. damaged now, yes, it's exactly. No They're the now your tenant. Yeah. So everything changes, right? Mm-hmm. And now things are falling under landlord tenant act. And again, go back to the scenario of what if they're not paying anything during this period of time, you don't have a damaged deposit, you haven't received any rent. And now there's a financial burden associated with them still being there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And also, if they choose not to move up, maybe they don't find a house. Right. Right? right. Now yeah. you have, especially as you go well, into wintertime, not only do we have the end-of-year moratorium, but now you have City of Seattle wait, wait, where wait, wait, you okay. can't evict in the winter. So what, what you're saying, and, and, and I know that uh, maybe up until now, mm-hmm. less than 30-day rental was not subject to landlord-tenant laws. These attorneys in the Battle of the Barristers were mentioning, they're like, 
you can't make that assumption. It is really worth your time to talk to an attorney before you start trying to draft any of this. And, and that's what the scary part is, is you mm-hmm. have these real estate agents who are out there drafting these things, not truly understanding. Right. You know, so they're using different forms, maybe not the forms that someone would recommend. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about these other situations. They may not even know that they exist. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 So yeah. it gets pretty darn dicey. And here's the thing. Like I was talking about this with the people in my team because I, you know, I attended this class. And then the following Monday, um, we have my team meeting, right, every week. And I was talking with um, one of the people on my team who's, you know, licensee. And I said, and, and I have to also talk about it with my operations transaction coordinator uh, person too, because they help sometimes with, you know, drafting things at my direction. Mm -hmm. And so the conversation had to be around, Hey, we're really going to have to all make sure we're on top of which forms are the ones to be able to grab. And when we need to be referring someone possibly to an attorney. Right. And then also, um, having bigger conversations with our customers about, these fees, because if you look at the purchase and sale contract in a section of it, it talks about the seller's responsibilities while you're under contract and that they need Mm -hmm. to keep the house in the same condition, which is why most of these contracts have a provision for a walkthrough before closing Mm -hmm. so that you, the buyer can check and make sure that everything's okay. But the thing is, is when your transaction completes your contract is only for that time period. That seller keeping it in that condition does not survive past closing. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're kind of hung out to dry unless you yes, have unless you some make other a document. provision for it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So this is the thing that gets a little scary when you have these non, you know, attorneys. Yes, non attorneys writing these things mm-hmm. because they're they're not always thinking like that, right? Right. Right. And so my team and I were talking about it like, hey, we really want you to understand what this language looks like and how to identify it and how to be able to talk about it with somebody. Mm -hmm. Because even though we can't interpret the law, so to speak, we can at least be able to explain to somebody like, hey, here's some of the concerns. And if this is something that's going to be problematic, let's get you talking to an attorney. It's worth it for a consult at least. See, You you have the experience to know to be thinking about that. And I I have the same kind of conversations with some of my loan officers, Mm -hmm. especially if I have a newer loan officer. You know, I, I always tell them, if you are going down the path of something new to you, it's a new program, it's a new situation, new circumstance, you know, before you just assume everything is fine, mm-hmm. can you please, 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 you know, check with me, check with some of our experts, and, and let's just talk it through. Uh, yeah. Because we've probably been down that path before, and we can tell you, here's some things that you need to look out for. Um, but if you're dealing with, with a, a fairly new agent, green agent, mm-hmm. uh, they might not even know that they're about ready to step out in front of a bus. That's that's the thing I've mentioned numerous times just this year with you uh, and to our listeners here on the show about how I feel like I'm training. You know, I can tell by <laughs> the MLS number that somebody has how yeah. new they are. Right, right. And, oh, yeah. and, oh, yeah. and the thing of that liability issue, like I don't, you know, we had somebody asking me my opinion on something the other day and I had to say, look, I don't, I don't work for your company. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you my advice on that. I'm going to tell you how I'm going to represent that for my client, mm-hmm. but I'm like, go talk to your designated broker. Right. Like this, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a little scary. Some of the stuff that's out there. So, you know, and it's not that someone brand new can't be good. I know I was good when I started, but mm-hmm. that's because I also had a background in contracts mm-hmm. You know, so it just, um, yeah, it, it's just be be careful, you know, who you're choosing to represent you because mm-hmm. 
they can make some pretty darn big mistakes because like in this case, imagine this is a, you know, close to million dollar home and that's pretty common in North Seattle and that buyer, their mortgage payment is going to be substantial. Oh yeah. Big time. So if they're carrying that mortgage while not being able to live there and then damage happens because that's the other thing is the insurance changes too, right? It sure does. So all of that makes a big difference. So now they may end up having to have an insurance claim, something that wasn't even their own fault. Right. And right. it depends on who does the damage too. Mm-hmm. What, what caused the damage? I had a client that um, uh, went to purchase a home. It was a short sale situation and uh, the seller was less than cooperative throughout the whole you know, process because they weren't yeah. happy about the situation. Yeah, they're rarely in a good mood. Yeah, but my client did not have a final walkthrough of the home. Oh, no. And closing happened on a Friday. Oh, uh, he no. <laughs> went in on a Sunday uh, to, um, you know, start yeah. start moving in. and mm-hmm. um, Bunch you know, of stuff gone? Copper pipes. Yeah. You know, the walls have been ripped open and pipes stolen. And, yeah. And sometimes the appliances are gone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes all the right. fixtures are gone. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, of course... How do you prove who did it? You know, how, right, yeah, okay. you can't. he hadn't been in the home well, since the original inspection. Ticked off sellers can often even, I remember this back during the Great Recession when someone was ticked off at a bank, they would post it on Craigslist as like a come and get it. And, oh, yeah. and people would descend on a house and just yeah. tear it apart like ants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was crazy. Just got it. Yeah, yeah, it was awful. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, there's there's a lot of things that can, can gut you for sure. Well, but, you know, and, and you're talking about landlord tenant law mm-hmm. coming in into play here um, what popped into my head is is um, what about airbnbs now if 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 this is a concern if i'm if i'm renting for less than a 30-day period mm-hmm. you know where landlord tenant laws have not we're gonna have to get an expert in, in on that yeah, one because i don't we know i have to do that because that, that's um, a that's a tough one i can't a, really that's definitely outside my mm-hmm. pay grade mm-hmm. um we are trying to find some attorneys to have come on for things like that a lot of them tend to shy away from some of it because right. there's still a lot of moving parts around airbnb right um especially because city of seattle is trying to put a lot of restrictions on it too mm-hmm. sure but you know there's it's but but that's a topic for us to continue to try and, and build some information around. Yeah. Um, but going back to the, you know, being gutted um, and financial gutting, here was another example they gave that uh, also has to do with you're in a contract, you're in this hot, heavy market that we've got, maybe an escalation is thrown in, you know, as part of your transaction. And um, here was a little tidbit of, you know, paying attention to the little details, right? So there's uh, a form 35E that's for escalations Mm -hmm. so that if you have another competing offer, this helps determine the number of times your escalation happens, right? So like, let's use an example of like someone's buying, you know, a million dollar property and they have escalations of $10,000 up to a cap of say 1.1 million. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And another offer has triggered or they believe has triggered that escalation. So now you're at 1.1 million, Mm -hmm. right? There are other elements inside of that escalation document that talk about the timeline, that it has to be a similar enough offer and Mm -hmm. that a closing timeline is part of that, Mm -hmm. right? So if someone has something too short, let's say, you know, the the default on it is 60 days, 
But many people nowadays, because a lot of our closings tend to be only like 30 to 45 mm -hmm. days, right. many agents are changing that default number and writing in like 30 days, mm -hmm. right? Well, this is where it bit somebody in the butt because they were in the transaction. There did happen to end up being an inspection being done. And the buyer agent realizes like, wait a minute, I'm going back through the documents here. They have us at 1.1, but I'm looking at the offer they sent over and we had 30 days as the thing, as the competing, and this is a 39-day closing. Uh-oh. Oh, doesn't meet the criteria for Doesn't highest, meet the criteria. Yeah, because of the, it's outside the timeline range. Uh -oh. Right? So we're going to talk about that Ooh, when I we come back. Yes, because there's more to this fun little story here on Open House with Team Reba. We'll be right back after these messages. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro Eastside, and thanks for being here. And I'm Eric Cosmos from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage, and thank you, too. Yes, thanks for listening. So, okay, I'm going to jump right back into what was going on in that deal. So here's the thing. It wasn't just that there was well, let's, 39 let's, days let's versus 30. Let's do a quick 30. summary, just in yeah. case you're just, you know, I was just, jumping I was going in the car. There. Okay, I was go going for it. There. All right, you bet. So, yeah, so the deal is we've got someone who thinks they have an escalation on their offer, from 1 million to 1.1 million. And there's this element of time, right? The other offer has to be within a certain window of time. And they had written must be closing, so offering to close within 30 days. 30 day closing. Yes. The other offer has to be a 30 day closing. Yes, exactly. Similar. Yes. Yeah. 30 days or less. Okay. And lo and behold, they're in the middle of the inspection process and they're about to ask for a bunch of work to be done or they are asking for work to be done or get some kind of concession. Mm -hmm. And the buyer's agent recognizes like, hey, wait a minute. That competing offer had a 39-day closing on it. And so now it falls out of the window of being a like-kind offer, offer, a competing offer. Mm -hmm. And so... He's wrestling with this. This went into, you know, for the Association of Realtors, this went into their legal hotline. Mm -hmm. And the guy was like, at what point do I tell the listing agent? Should I, like, wait until we negotiate the inspection? <laughs> and they think they have another 100000 like coming? salt in the wound. <laughs> kind of. Right? Yeah. I mean, this was, this was a big one. I mean, it was such a bummer because, of course, we had to do this class uh, normally, there's like 900 real estate agents in the room mm -hmm. while this thing is going right, on, right, and yeah. you usually get a palpable response right. on how people are like, "Oh no," <laughs> you know, like everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, of course they," and then people start going back and forth about whether they should or they shouldn't, <laughs> and the ethics, and the you know, right. right? It becomes like this, you know, big hubbub. Oh yeah, and we're watching these four people, you know, distant from each other, doing this thing, and it was interesting the back and forth on that. Because honestly, they never really answered it. No, no. They never really answered the question. Now, they did say that, yes, the buyer needs to bring it to the listing agent's attention. But they didn't really delineate where they should. Because it was like, should you do it as quickly as possible? 
Is he doing the right thing by advocating and negotiating for his client first and then bringing it up and like shame on the seller mm -hmm. agent mm -hmm. for not having seen that? Mm -hmm. You know, this is a potential for a malpractice lawsuit well, against would, the agent. Yeah, would Arizona Missions Insurance on behalf of that listing agent come into play? Yeah, maybe or it could be a suit for malpractice. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, like that that's the big question mark is like is that something that's covered? Yeah, right. And so, you know, cuz you know, can vary from company to company. It mm -hmm. could also, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different right. things and malpractice is, you know, not what ENO is necessarily for. Mm -hmm. Right? Wow. So, um it was yeah, it was a huge huge well, you, you and I topic. have talked about this before too just even getting many agents to understand mm -hmm. the math of escalation. Oh my gosh, yes. I just it, it kills me how many of them can't do it. I'm going it's it's really not that hard. Yeah, you know. Well, some people aren't good at math. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, true. And yeah. they they added cuz they originally didn't have an escalation doc document. Like when mm -hmm. I started 18 years ago, there was none. Right. And then in like, you know, 2005 to 2007, it was like, you know, insane around here mm -hmm. just like it is now. And so then um, individual companies started creating their own. And then there was yeah. huge push and demand for us to get, you know, forms from the MLS because we can only use attorney reviewed and approved documents. Mm -hmm. right? right. So, they, you know, the attorneys at the MLS were like, against our better judgment, we're going to make one. And they even added on this like little segment that shows like how you take the original purchase price you know, the escalation yeah, yeah it gives it like a little math problem <laughs> and because also what some people miss is you got to go back and check the financing elements to see mm -hmm. if there's any closing cost credits of course. and that's where some people do suck at math mm -hmm. um and i'm just like i i wonder how they did on the exam <laughs> when they got their test <laughs> to become an, a, well, an you agent have to, you have to get what 75 percent of the answers? 70 Oh, it's seventy percent correct. It's seventy. Okay, so a third it's of them. Terrible. Thirty percent could be wrong. And, and a sure lot of people miss of the questions. math. Yeah, of course. Yeah. A lot of people are terrible at the math. Yeah. It's yeah, awful. I can see that. So yeah, so this was another big one. So if you're gonna be somebody who gets caught up in an escalation, whether you're on the buyer or the seller side of this, mm -hmm. you really, really need to be looking at the details to make sure because I can imagine if that agent that posed this question did wait, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I have a client right now that because she got well over asking price is much more amenable mm -hmm. to a lot of the things that are being well, asked of her right now. Because exactly she's like, right. well, I'll go, okay, okay, I got more than I was asking. I get so an that's extra hundred grand in my pocket. I exactly. guess I'll let them get Yeah, them I'll do that, grand. Ruth. I'll grand. do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then if you have that happen and you're like, uh, say what? <laughs> You know, huh? on her, you know, <laughs> that's not a good moment, <laughs> you know. So, you know, just putting it out there. If you don't want to end yeah. up in a pickle as an agent or end up being that, you know, seller who's suddenly going, wait, hold on a minute. Mm -hmm. Because that could have been negotiated up front if it had right. been caught. Mm -hmm. right? Right, right. That could have been something that they could have negotiated and then they would have been firm about where their mm -hmm. price was going. Right. But because they 
only relied on that one document, right, now this, we're in trouble. This is a signed around contract, though, at this point. Uh-huh. The contract's the contract. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's going to be a not-so-pleasant situation. Mm. Um, I think that's actually ongoing. So there, I think that's one of the reasons why the attorneys uh. didn't want to have any major resolution around it, because they're like, it's unproved in court. Also, it's not yet a court case. It's just mm-hmm. a, um, yeah. a what-if scenario. Back, right? in, back in the day, you know, going back into the... Um, you know, the, the late 90s when buyer's agents were not even really a, a thing. You know, right, when the, yeah. When the first That's only buyer's been since about 1990, out, yeah. First buyer's agents came out, you know, mm-hmm. prior to that, every realtor, rep, real estate agent represented mm-hmm. the seller, both right. sides. Yeah. In and fact, my uh, mentor was the first buyer agent mm-hmm. in the state of Washington. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you yeah. Know, I, I had uh, an agent I worked with for Jim Stacy, which was a, a buyer's agency mm-hmm. that's, that, that sprung yeah. up in the, in the, um, North Seattle area, but uh, we had a situation where we had a buyer's agent in a for sale by owner transaction. So the oh, seller yeah. was, you know, thought they were smart enough to, um, mm-hmm. you know, go it on their own. Yep. And uh, the um, buyer's agent wrote in a 3% commission mm-hmm. that the seller would pay. Yeah. We got to the closing and the seller looks at this number. He goes, what's that? And it's like, that's the commission. Well, I'm not paying that. It's like, um, you signed it. Yes, you are. Yeah. Well, nobody ever told me about that. It's like that's because you have nobody representing you. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, and it was a, it was a three days of of tension, you know, there before he finally uh, must have talked with an attorney or something and finally went went ahead and signed. Well, so I'll tell you what. I'll flip back a little bit further. Let's use that as an example to go into my and segue into the one of mm-hmm. these other um, yeah. situations, because. Now, and, I, and I'm bringing this up also because they just started allowing open houses again. So I don't right. know if you're aware of that. So um, they are now allowing open houses. You can only have five people in the house at a time. So the agents have to be monitoring in and out. Okay. We have to act like bouncers now, apparently. Mm-hmm. COVID bouncers. <laughs> um, but they are happening and it is a busy marketplace. So there's lots of people mm-hmm. trying to get out, right? Sure. So here's one of the examples that they had was... Um, brand new agent is sitting in an open house for somebody at her office and couple comes in, they're talking, they like the house and they say, yes, we want to buy this. And they happen to be looking at one of the real estate websites that shows what's called the SOC or selling office commission. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they ask this person who's sitting in the open house what that is. She explains it. And they're like, well, we don't want to have that as part of our deal. And she goes, well, hey, I don't work for free. So she jumps over to be a sub-agent of the listing agent. Oh. Right? And this is after she's already talked with mm-hmm. the couple, right? Okay. So here's the deal, listeners. When you think you have an agency relationship with someone, that person has a duty of confidentiality with you. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not this person explained agency well to them, don't mm. know. Were they provided a pamphlet? Don't know. Did they understand the confidentiality aspect of it? Could be. I don't know. But she, so anyway, the agent jumps back over and says, well, I'm going to be a sub-agent of the listing agent, and now I work for the seller. And they, they somehow didn't come to terms. But later on, the couple comes back. And says, hey, here's a new offer where they've modified some of the terms and then put her in as the selling agent. Oh. 
Okay. Started massive conflict here. Lots of conflicts. Yeah. All over the place, right? And again, this is one that has not turned into a lawsuit. It's a situation that people need to be talking about and hearing and understanding Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because these things are happening a lot. So, so this agent is now taking on sort of a a dual agency role or they or the buyer is that's, trying to get them to and just see, that's, represent that's the where they stopped the example. They just said, here's the scenario. Yeah. And then everybody talked around <laughs> what that was. And yeah. it was like, okay, well in the scenario, she's now become um, a sub agent, but you needed to also then have a document that goes with that. Mm-hmm. Right. So the agency right. itself, meaning the real estate company may have mm-hmm. screwed up by not delineating that mm-hmm. up front right. and then letting her just sit this thing open. Like, so it, it started again on my Monday team meeting, a great conversation because we've got this other licensee who I'm like, Hey, now that we're offering open houses again, and I've got a bunch of listings coming up, well, I'm going to be the listing agent. Mm-hmm. And since he's, you know, acting as a buyer agent on my team for the most part, mm-hmm. well, he's going to go sit those open houses because we know a lot of people come unrepresented mm-hmm. sure. to the open houses. Mm-hmm. Right. And if I'm sitting to open, I always make it very clear. Hi, I'm the listing agent. Mm -hmm. Do you have an agent? Yes. Wonderful. Good. I'm happy to hear that. I want you to be represented. Mm -hmm. Right. The ones I don't like hearing is like, no, I don't. But can't you write it up for me? Comes with, it's like a loaded gun, right. right? It's totally a loaded gun. Another potential pickle. Yes. And you and I have even been through this situation ourselves yes, when I have. represented you. That's right. But there's ways you can work around these things. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about them when we get back after these messages. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Ostinus from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hess from Team Reba. And today we're talking about pickles. <laughs> well, pickles <laughs> that you can get yourself into yes. if you're not careful I'm so getting hungry into right a real now. estate you transaction. You have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea how hungry I am right now. I mean, seriously, I'm amazed that the microphone has not picked up yeah, the, the grumbling of my stuff. It's, it's seriously <laughs> growling. I'm so hungry right now. So uh, anyway, okay. Uh, besides my hunger, um, what I am hungry for is, you know, what's the resolution, right? I'm hoping our listeners are hungry for knowledge That's here. Right. Um, and so the situation, though, that, that we left with at the end of the last segment is, you know, you have someone who's sitting in an open house who is intending to try, to try and be a buyer agent, mm-hmm. right? But then you have somebody who comes in and says, well, no, I don't want you to be, but I want you to write this up. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. And so she's like, well, hey, I'm, I'm not going to have because oh, what I should also say is not only was that couple trying to remove the commission as part of this, that person to be paid, mm-hmm. but then they also submitted a very low offer. And when they came back and had a new offer, they had just crossed out the price, put in a new price and then put her that agent as their agent now. Mm-hmm. But she'd already moved over to the other side to say, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to work for the seller seller. so I can get paid Mm -hmm. if this happens, right? So some of the conundrums that came up on this particular topic among all the attorneys discussing it was one, the sub-agency element, right? Mm -hmm. And now who does she have a duty of confidentiality to, right? right? And who does she advocate for, Mm -hmm. right, in this situation? Um, Does she count as a co-listing broker, 
right? Because mm-hmm. she wasn't initially, and there wasn't necessarily a document that said she was, yeah. right? And then the other big question about it is we as agents are required to present offers in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. Right. Within 24 hours or less. Right. Preferably less. Right. 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 And so even though there's this stickiness around, well, who does she represent really? There's the bigger question of we have a valid offer to put in front of a seller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now you just have to, it's like, what do you do? Because right. you can't really hold back the offer because the listing agent still knows it's there. Right. Right. It's like you need to submit well, and then work out the agency issues as part isn't of it. Isn't this where your managing broker comes in? Because every designated, re- broker. Or designated broker really works under the auspices of the broker, the designated broker. Yes. But but you have the parties and it's going to be dependent on whether or not they agree with what this designated mm-hmm. broker decides. Yes, sure, right. You sure. know, so and everyone needs to be. Um, very aware of where they sit in this, right? So we mentioned uh, you and I went through this because I represented you in a sale of a home mm-hmm. and we had an unrepresented buyer right. who came forward, mm-hmm. right? right? And in that situation, I still remember the phone call. You were not necessarily very nice to me. <laughs> so I remember that. But because you made an assumption initially that I was going to do dual agency. Mm-hmm. And I made it very clear that that was not my goal. Right, because I've, I've been in that situation before. Yes. And, and, and yeah. that one didn't end super well because yeah. there was an agent that, you know, was in saying, a different hey, scenario. Gonna, in a different scenario, I'm going to make sure that's clear. <laughs> and, and I, you know, you, you walk away thinking. I, I personally cannot right. stand yeah. dual agency. Mm-hmm. While it's still allowed here and it's considered mm-hmm. legal, inherent conflict of interest is what my initial gut feel is on mm. that every single time right. because right. you how do you have that duty of confidentiality if you've got a buyer who's told you the maximum that they'll pay for a place and you have a seller who's told you like hey i'll i'll take it this much I'll get the highest price yeah right well the seller might say like yeah i'd be willing to accept this but if you've got a buyer i mean you know are you going to be like hey hang around a little bit longer they'll sell it for less like Mm-hmm. Now you're not advocating well on anybody's mm-hmm. behalf at no, that point, sure. yeah. right? And because if that information leaks one way or the other, not good for the agent stuck in the middle, right? And and it's not because the agents even stuck themselves there. I mean, well, they're not stuck there. Like, oh, oops, I ended up here. They're like, they often. Mm-hmm. This is okay. You're gonna laugh because I'm gonna tie this into my whole dating world. I met a dude online, and I found out he was a real estate agent. And he told me he only does dual agency and I chose not to meet him because of it. Right. Because he was all like so proud. I was like, oh yeah, I make all this money because I do all, and I only do deals where I get both sides. And I'm like, you make me sick. Right. Like I, I just, for the life of me was like, I, uh. Sure if he has dual agency, also has dual girlfriend. Oh, well, yeah, that's always a likelihood too. I don't know. I just was like, that's a different version of bye. I don't need to know about. See you later. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But, but, uh, bye <laughs> Just kidding. But it just, I was like, oh, I don't, like, because I knew inherently we would not be able to get along because I would have this 
you know, bad taste in my mouth around that topic. Yeah. And I, it's like, we're not going to be able to talk about work because I'm just going to be like, ugh, yeah. the whole time. And then just going, oh, you know how many problems? It's like, I, I'd probably start picking out things and be like, I need to turn him into the ethics committee or, you know, whatever. Right. Like, I just, I thought, exactly. no, no, I don't <laughs> need this in there. my <laughs> life. I don't need this in my life. So, so I just chose not to put it in my well, life. But yeah, so those were a lot of the questions that kind of came around that. Um, getting into, because we keep talking about how in this like busy market, there's lots of other things that people are giving up. Mm-hmm. One of them often is inspections right people are waiving inspections or they're Mm -hmm. accepting seller you know provided inspections Mm -hmm. and there's also one that people are using called um information only Mm -hmm. right you know we'll do an inspection but for information only purposes and what does that really mean right yeah it means you maybe you know there's a flaw but you're not going to do anything about it well What's That's the point of an inspection kind of. then? Well, okay, so here's the thing, right? In our industry, caveat emptor, with mm-hmm. the buyer beware, beware, right? And so those seller-provided inspections, we still have to say, but you didn't hire that person, right? Mm-hmm. And in some cases, you don't want to have the contingency of the inspection, but you still want to know what you're buying, right? right? Now, I have used this in the past where it's buy or go you know go or no go decisions there's no we're you know like hey here's what our price is going to be but we're not going to come back and start asking for a bunch of stuff um you know as part of it right right? Mm -hmm. but but we get a right to cancel Mm -hmm. if we find something scary because there's a lot of houses out there that look very nice on the inside Mm -hmm. and as we mentioned before crawl spaces oh yeah attics are where a lot of surprises Mm -hmm. show up. Electrical panels. Oh, yes. So Mm -hmm. many places. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've used the, you know, no, go, no, you know, go, no, go decisions where we like cross off the, you know, sections where maybe we're doing responses, Mm -hmm. but you still have a chance to cancel. Mm -hmm. But there are some people, and this is where it's becoming super dicey right now. They're saying for information only, but what if you find major issues? Mm Right. Right. And the way the attorneys were taking this was, you know, you're opening up a massive can of worms. That seller isn't obligated to have to reopen negotiations, right? Mm -hmm. In some cases, they might. Because, I mean, this kind of also falls under the as-is topic. Right. Right? Right. Because we'll have people who say, as-is, but do your inspection. And then we found major flaws and I will tell you, we have gone back and actually negotiated in those situations. Mm-hmm. And I think it really depends on the parties and yeah, and what you find. I think you're right in the mindset of a seller. And the willingness many, to sell. Many times the mindset of a seller changes once they're in contract. Yeah. You know, it goes from this adversarial thing to to now let's just get it done. Right. You know, because they've, they've. But not in all cases. Not, not but at yeah. all. Some, are, some will just dig their, feet, their, their heels in, especially mm-hmm. if they think. They didn't get a good price, or if they think the market's still exactly. going up, they're going to get a better price. Yeah. But other ones, they, they they know what they just went through to get their home ready and on the market mm-hmm. and all the open houses or whatever and yeah. all the showings, and it's just a hassle. So, yeah, um, yeah it's a, they might it's just... It's a pickle. They might just work, <laughs> work it through. Well, hopefully you'll stay out of the pickle jar this weekend for the rest of it. 
keep your keep yourself keep safe your out brine. there in that real estate world. Non-brined. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you. That's another episode of Open House with Team Reba in the Books. Thanks again for listening. Go put on my dick's mask. Thank you for listening <laughs> to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.